Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and welcome to the Karmic Story Podcast. This is episode two and uh, thank you everybody for the wonderful feedback from the previous episode with Annalise Cordone. And today's episode is a pretty special one and today we're looking at or listening to Emily Ferguson who is one of the Ferguson twins. Uh, she has a sister, Haley. And I had no idea who she was previously to giving her the reading. Uh, she had reached out to me, and uh, we set up a reading. And I knew that she had a gazillion followers. But one of the things that I like to do or not like to do is look at the Instagram of people that DM me for readings or look up people in that way. The last thing that I want is any kind of biases to interpret my uh, reading or get into my head or whatever it might be. And another thing, too, it's, it's, it's probably the most difficult for me to give readings to people that I know really well, especially for somebody like my mother. My mother has been asking me for readings for 15 years now, and I refuse to give her one just because she's not going to listen to me anyways. But anyway, uh, Emily is an amazing, amazing human being. And right off the bat, you know, the energy of our interaction and then looking at the chart, we have some deep connections ourselves. Really felt like a brother-sister combination and uh, and we hit it off right away. You'll hear that a bit in, in the karmic story itself. And uh, looking forward to working with her into the future and being her big brother. Tough love. Congratulations to her and her fiancé uh, and getting engaged uh, in the last couple months. And with that said, we'll get to it and we shall begin. This astrological consultation is for Emily Ferguson, born Friday, 10-9-92 at 11-18 p.m. in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Emily, all this information is correct to the best of your knowledge? Yes. Awesome. So a couple things before we get started. Uh, first and foremost, in this particular reading, I will not be using a whole lot of astrological jargon. Uh, you are a whole and complete person, and thus I won't be breaking down the chart and saying things such as you're a cancer rising or... Your south node is in the 12th house or your moon is conjunct the midhaven in Aries or anything like that. That being said, uh, if I do use any jargon for any kind of special emphasis, I promise to explain it in the most simplest terms so it doesn't go flying over your head and then you uh, fire me because I'm much too complicated of an astrologer. <laughs> Sounds perfect. All right. Uh, the second thing is, uh, and again, I don't know uh, how familiar you are with what I do, but uh, I want to be telling what is called the karmic story. Now, the karmic story is based on a potential past life that you can take either literally or figuratively. And the reason why this story is important, it's not because it's cool to know who you might have been in a past life. The reason why this story is important is because there was something that was not healed in a previous incarnation that you've brought into this lifetime in order to heal. And so as I'm telling the story, what I really want you to pay most attention to are the feelings of the story, because naturally the details are going to be different. And so out of the feelings, what you're going to start to understand and conceptualize is a lot of those sort of inner turmoils that you've been dealing with in this lifetime and why they're there. So it doesn't really feel like the patterning or it'll take away the feeling of the patterning being random. You know, I make decisions, this outcome happened, oh shit, my life sucks, whatever that might be. 
and you'll start to understand that a lot of things that have happened with you internally in this lifetime has all been a direct result to create some sort of inner conflict that helps you heal from what wasn't healed from that previous incarnation. Okay? Wow. I like that. It's beautiful. All right. I didn't start at that time. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, self I'm a self-deprecating Virgo. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yeah, been a, I've been doing this for 12 years, and I've said that spiel uh, a thousand plus times. <laughs> so, People usually get scared. They're like, oh, my God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's fun. I'm like, bring it on. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, right, right. And it's funny because, like, like, listening to you speak, and it's, and it's like this for everybody, especially when they have a Gemini South node, and they're, like, so, like, curious. <laughs> Sensational yeah. curiosity. So yes, it is. I like, want to know more about myself. It's crazy. Like, right, right. Well, and this is very, very important for you in this lifetime, the, the yeah. inner self and less of the outer self. But we're going to get to that. Okay. All right, Emily. And by the way, and before I even get started on this, I usually don't tell clients this, but I totally know that you and I were like brother and sister in a past life. Really? Totally. Like, I got chills. Yeah. And like, it's not this particular one that I'm talking about, but... Like, like, and I felt this when we were texting the other night, and then I looked at the chart, and I'm like, holy shit, we were totally siblings. It's so, like probably why I was very connected to the story and felt the urge to reach yeah, out. Yeah, 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 totally. We have, we, yeah, yeah, somehow. totally, totally, totally. And I usually kind of keep a lot of that to myself uh, yeah. in, until maybe another reading or something like that, but I just felt like the need, I needed to share that with you because it's just, it's I an, got chills. That's yeah. very it's, cool. it's an overwhelming feeling. And we'll talk about more of us later, um, which yeah. I'd love to share. But uh, I just wanted to get that out there so we can, if I if I uh, pick on you like a brother, or a big brother, okay. then you'll, you'll know why. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> All right, Emily, without further ado, I'd like for you to imagine. I'd like for you to imagine being born in London, England in around 16, or excuse me, 1866. Okay. 1867, sometime around in there. I'd like for you to imagine that particular incarnation that you're born curious, highly intelligent, and very engaging. Mm -hmm. I also like for you to imagine in that particular incarnation, gosh, now I'm stuttering, um, <laughs> being born to a very prominent family with royal ties, but not really anywhere close to you being like the king or queen, but and you were a female in that previous incarnation, so let's just say the queen, but still a family who was close to the queen, you know, okay. in a familial capacity, maybe even the granddaughter or something like that. Okay. So in that life, uh, your mother had uh, around seven children with you being oh. somewhere in the middle. And okay. you were raised in a way that was, you know, respectful below your status, but all the same, you lived a very privileged life. Now, here's the thing. You know, and living in this very privileged life when it, you know, when it, when it came to status and material needs, I mean, basically you weren't going to go hungry and, you know, had nice things and all of that. That being said, being raised in this kind of area, and this isn't such a huge conflict for you in this life, but let's just talk about it a little bit and in, in understanding about the judgment that people have that are being born into such privilege in that they are the luckiest people on the planet and all these other kind of different things without really understanding the psychological makeup that happens with people that are born into prominence, which means that you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way. And so in a lot of times, even in that privilege, 
people lose their individual sense of self because they are right off the bat being pushed into a dynamic of having to act a certain way to be in a certain space in order to reflect whatever that prominence is. So people might say, oh, poor me or whatever, that it's still bullshit because we all go through our own psychological issues when it comes to the dynamic around you know, pain and suffering and, and, and losing ourselves and all of these kind of different things. And so when, I, when I'm speaking about living a very privileged life, I'm looking at it from a, 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 a certain way in which it, it, it brought about a restricting of you as an individual in that previous incarnation, and it's not such a good thing, okay? And again, this karmic story is not a pleasant story because if it was a pleasant story, it wouldn't be a story to tell about healing, right? So just, just get yourself in the mindset of when I'm talking about you living in a privileged life, it had its restrictions around you psychologically and also some other elements that happened that brought this on a little bit more deeply. And, you know, we're at the early stages of this presentation, so we're just getting, you know, getting started. Okay. So, you know, with all of this being said, how free were you? So think about that and think about the theme as we start to go forward about, you know, in this lifetime where you lack freedom and, and it might not always be apparent. Okay. So, uh, as I already said, you had to act and be a certain way in the public eye. And, uh, there was this conflict, you know, with needs in your private life that ran counter to your needs in the public life. And as you got older, you were torn between the responsibility to the public and your inner drive to seek inwardly. And, uh, and, and, you know, and really reflect upon your true nature. Because again, you know, you're this individual person uh, that's being asked to behave in a certain way, a certain Victorian kind of status way. And you're also this very curious person. And so how curious are you allowed to be in that life when you're seeking things outside of the dogma, the family myth, like all of these types of things. And so, you know, just really understand that it was very difficult for you to even explore your true nature. And so this very curious mind starts to get to be, you know, to bring in this kind of uh, nervous anxiety, you know, and it started at a very early age. And it really, as you'll find out, really took off later on. But at a very early age, because you're always being told, no, you can't do that, or no, you can't talk to this person, or no, you can't, it's all of a sudden you're just like conflicted about a lot of these different things because on one hand, you know, you had the family myth and what's the proper thing to do. And on the other hand, you're curious about a lot of things that ran counter to that. And so, you're, you know, again, your, your brain starting to kick up steam, you know, starting to run a very high RPM at a very young age. And, you know, we're going to get to the point where it's just impossible for you to shut it off in that previous incarnation. But uh, in that life, uh, you were schooled by powerful role models that were charismatic, charming, engaging, and with great leadership qualities. I mean, you think about it, you're in this kind of royal setting and there's a lot of people that had these types of qualities. And so you felt you had learned a lot about all of that, but you know, you also felt like you weren't taken seriously. And a couple of reasons for that, you're you know, a, a woman back then and, you know, and, and that's one angle of looking at it. But just at the same time, being the third born in this family, you know, like, and, and having maybe a couple of older sisters that were, you know, uh, maybe what you perceived more, you know, prettier than you, or maybe a little bit smarter than you, or whatever. And so, these, these there's this battle between being taken seriously and you know, and and also being 
you, you know, like who you truly are. And so there's this conflict between uh, appearances, you know, comparison, that kind of thing, you know, from one person to the other, you know, and like, you know, who am I to them and who are they are to me and like how much power do they have and why do they have this power? And like, again, the mind picking up steam, you know, racing, getting faster, you know, as, you, as you're growing up in this environment. And so the thing about it is that, you know, you felt that you had learned a lot about all of the qualities of leadership and being charismatic and all these different things. And, and, and again, you weren't really taken seriously. And the main reason around that is because you lacked true assertiveness in that life. And so, you know, you would fall prey to people who were louder and more charismatic and they would somewhat make you jealous and angry. But at the end, you know, your claim in being a leader in that life was really eclipsed by you actually being a father to those with more power or perceived power, you know, the illusion around it. And so in this lifetime, we're going to be looking at the illusion of power with you. What is true power and what isn't? Because in that previous incarnation and in this karmic story, you had these great leadership qualities, but you would back down to those that you felt like, you know, that, 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 that were meaner than you, that kind of thing, you know, that, that had that kind of way. Can you hold on one second? Yes, sorry. Sorry, I need to close my office door. No, sorry, my dog is always barking. Uh, no, it's okay. Your dog sounds big, too. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. So so here you are, you know, and, and, and you know, it's just to kind of to, to start pulling really things together is you're, you're this person that's born into prominence. You're being told to act a certain way, which suffuses a lot of your curiosity, which continues to project into other elements of your life. You're looking at all these different people that have all of these different ways of, uh, you know, controlling the, the, the outcomes of what they're trying to deal with in that life. And so you're trying to navigate in kind of this political, you know, royal kind of world. And so, again, the mind is racing and it's getting faster. And you can hear my voice, like the, the, the anxiety around all of this in that particular incarnation of, you know, you trying to build some sort of place where your identity can stand out. But at the same time, you were never really given the opportunity to figure out who you were. Thus, there's a lot of reactions happening and, 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 and sort of spinning uh, in place at times when trying to figure all this out. And so this was, you know, this and, and this being a sense of not being taken seriously and the lack of assertiveness and all of this is one of your greatest fears in that life only to be eclipsed by your fear of death. And so there are real practical reasons around this fear of death um, in that particular incarnation because there were quite a few instances in which you had observed it. Uh, the first one being um, when you were around seven years old when your brother fell from a building and you actually witnessed this. Uh, I think you were outside when it happened. And so you can imagine you're seven years old and your little toddler brother, he was probably four, three Am or four. Am I allowed to ask a question? Yeah. Is it normal to feel like you explain these stories? Is it normal to feel like those same fears in this lifetime? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah, I, everything, a lot of what you say, like, those are exact fears that I still feel now. Right, right. And so the thing about it is this is going to give you the contextual understanding of why you feel this way. Okay. Wow. So, right. Okay. Very interesting. Yep, yep. So, the, and, I, and so, like, that's why I was saying at the beginning, like, you, you pay attention to the feelings because you're going to okay. recognize 
a lot of this in this lifetime. And, okay, cool. uh, and so, and again, the patterning around it is just for, for you to heal from it, not to repeat a life or anything like that. It's just giving okay. you opportunities to heal because if you didn't have some sort of similar type of feeling around something, then how could you heal? And so, right. okay. so that, and that's what that's really all about. And so, um, and then when you were 12 years old, uh, you had a sister that died of some kind of strange illness. And so, you know, by this point in time, you can think about your life just, I mean, it's, it's just spinning, like, and, 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 and it's spinning in a way that just seems relentless in the pursuit of what is the meaning. And like, again, you are not allowed to look outside of what the truth is within the dogma of the family mythos. And so you have no other way of trying to figure this out except for using the tools that you were taught, which were not congruent to your overall sense of of, of purpose in that particular incarnation. And so as I continue to go on, there might be some things that make you look like in a negative light, but I want you to understand that you were only coping with the tools of, you know, of who you were. Okay. And so this, this really, again, you know, with this, with this sister passing and, you know, you had a brother that passed that, you know, this caused your overactive brain to really just jump into overload, uh, in which at this point you were never able to slow it down. Again, so here we are in this life being raised in a proper Victorian fashion, which at times ran counter to what you were feeling. And this often, uh, you know, you could, you know, you could sometimes say the wrong thing at the wrong time when you were like an early teenager, like 13 or 14, because, you know, your frustration about certain situations and, you know, and just like your brain being tied up in knots by maybe an older uh, sibling that, you know, that, that was, you know, again, the one that you thought was prettier than you or, or, or smarter than you. And then, she, you know, and, and she would get you in a whole lot of trouble and tie you up in a knot and like piss you off. And, you know, and then your mom, you know, maybe the nanny you're being raised with would, would, you know, admonish you for your reaction and your sister's over there looking behind the shoulder, laughing at you. And again, feeling this sense of frustration around being able to use your voice properly is again, this damning situation in which like it, it's just the funnel of the brain never shutting off never being able to rest never really able to you know uh, understand peace in that particular lifetime and so just you know imagine uh in this as the instigator sisters and whatever and again you're close to them and you love them and all of that but just you know 13 or 14 years old and uh and so at, as 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 this began to really take a hold you started to check out a little bit and in around 15, 16, 17, you know, you start to keep things to yourself and wouldn't really reveal your true feelings, you know, putting up a happy face and disappearing into your imagination. And again, if you have this mind that's going a thousand miles an hour, you're, you know, cerebrally creative. Like you can go into faraway places. You would check out. Like, and just start daydreaming for the most part, you know, escaping from the reality that was around you and slowly dissolving into this illusionary indifference towards confrontation. Like basically in that particular incarnation, you know, being slapped around through the, through the sisters and whatever that type of way and, 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 and having your brain, you know, uh, confused into a way, you know, you know, people in this life that will like just frustrate the fucking shit out of you. And you know that you're right, but everything they're saying in this narcissistic kind of way makes you feel like you're the problem. 
And so that's what tied you up in knots in that previous incarnation. It wasn't that you were wrong. It was just that you got so frustrated around it. Your explosions would make you seem like you were crazy. And so, and so again, in that space, you start to doubt yourself. You're looking at yourself as being crazy and, you know, and, and, and then you just like, you know what, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to go into this space and just do my Victorian royal duties and, and all these different things. And so, and so eventually, um, you know, in that life, uh, you, you fell in love. Um, and this person was, was a, a pretty, a pretty decent human being. Um, I don't, I don't really see any issues in regard to this relationship, except for what you perceive the relationship as. So the husband was great, but he was human. However, uh, you put your husband on a pedestal in that life. And uh, which about 50% of it, he did not deserve because he's human. You know what I mean? Like maybe he drank too much. You know, maybe he, you know, was a, a bit of a flirt. Not that he would cheat on you or anything like that, but just, you know, maybe, maybe all these other things that you would just not even acknowledge because again, you put this particular person on a pedestal that they could never, ever live up to. And so, um, but this was your theme. You know, again, avoid confrontation and only see the best in people that you adored. And again, this is really only for the people that you adored. If it was somebody that you didn't like, you'd have the opposite effect. Like you would see them as a complete murderous asshole. Like even though they were probably not that bad, they just said something to you or, or whatever it might be. And so there is this caricature kind of way that you would perceive people, like people that you loved and adored, like your husband, you would put up on this pedestal and then... The people that you hated, you would just destroy in your mind. And so again, this is your way of checking out. And uh, and again, in this way, uh, you had to check out, you know, at times. And again, tragedy struck again when, you know, we had some children. Uh, and the second son uh, in that particular incarnation was a toddler and he fell and hit his head and he also passed away. And so it was no matter in that life that you found yourself living in this sort of shell-shocked denial the rest of your life as your mind would really never let you rest. And so the very difficult side of this and telling these karmic stories, especially with the kind of tragedy that you dealt with in that lifetime, is to truly understand that in this lifetime that it's not here to repeat that same type of patterning, but also to help you understand that in this lifetime, what you've asked yourself to do is to come back to reality. Because again, in that previous incarnation, your coping mechanism was to sort of create this dream, this false sense of reality, to be able to go into a place that was somewhat comfy. Also, what you asked yourself to do in this lifetime is to have no more fear. Okay, now that is impossible. But when I say no more fear, it is to understand truly the meaning of life. And the meaning of life is being able to learn. It's being able to learn how to lose everything. Because once you've done that, you realize you've lost nothing at all. You come here with the soul, you leave here with the soul, and everything else in the middle is just opportunities to find wholeness. And so when looking at it from this type of perspective, it's what faith is. 
And so developing a sense and foundational purpose around your faith. Now, I'm not going to tell you what your faith should be. Like I would never tell a surfer who puts their faith into their divine spirituality and religion of surfing to go find Christianity or Buddhism or whatever. And so, because our faith can come into a a, a spur a, a purpose, a purpose of our, you know, our our unique creative form of self-expression. And I think this is a divine right of expression from the divine, which at turns can be something beautiful in of itself. That being said, if you have a defined religion or spiritual path and all whatever, I'm going to encourage you to embrace it even stronger, because. If I go back to other previous incarnations, one that Emily, you and I probably have been in, there are serious, serious uh, incarnations of deep spiritual practice. Okay, and in that deep spiritual practice, you sort of at times maybe lost yourself in the physical world, so you were of no use in this world. And so when you came into that incarnation of this royal setting, in a way you were supposed to come back and be grounded, but you ended up checking out. Trying to find some sort of illusionary space to find your spiritual grounding in that particular incarnation, because that's what you were used to doing before. You know, like、mm-hmm. you know, like meditating in a cave for twenty type years. You know what I mean? But you、yeah. wanted to be actionable in that、uh, royal incarnation, and so you're asking yourself in this lifetime to also be actionable, but also at the same time remember these deep spiritual attunement type lifetimes. Going back to ancient Egypt, going back to ancient Tibet, going back to Christian mysticism and Judaism and the and the Kabbalah and all of these kind of different spaces in which you are really at home in understanding the psychic sensitivity and our oneness with creation. And so, also, what you've asked yourself to do in this lifetime is to create balance between home and public, without losing your center to more charismatic and seemingly more powerful people. So here's the thing, Emily. I know that you have a lot of followers on Instagram. Again, I've avoided I've avoided looking at your page because I don't want to be influenced by anything. But I, but I do know that you have a lot of followers, at least compared to my twenty seven hundred. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Your trajectory in this lifetime is millions. Okay. Now. The only way for you to get there, and this is not because you're seeking, to a certain degree, you're seeking it out because you know that there's a special purpose inside of you that needs to be fulfilled, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. But the 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 growth around this is going to come when you see yourself and 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 not even see it and tell yourself, but know it that you're just as powerful as anybody. In this world, whether they're the president of the United States, whether the Queen of England, whether they're Beyonce, or whether they're Brad Pitt, or whether they're whatever it is, a whole lot of words that come out of somebody's mouth very rapidly does not make them more powerful than you. So, in this lifetime, it's important for you to understand that your true feelings around yourself. That gets stifled into the idea of people being smarter than you. It's got to be. It's got to be destroyed. Yeah. And so, and it's not. And I'm not telling you that you're a fucking brainiac or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not even like. I'm not saying that you're even genius. Yeah. But but it's it's mainly about you 
getting yourself in situations where you're, you're, you're powerful to a certain extent, you know that you are, and then all of a sudden it's like this, this wave comes back at you and it causes you to, 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 to retreat. Okay. So, so in this lifetime, it's important for you to reassert yourself. Now you're doing a great job. I mean, people that have however many followers you have, I've already forgotten. I just know it's hundreds of thousands have already asserted themselves to a certain degree that most people, but you haven't even scratched the surface of the mark in which you can make in this world. As long as you start to realize that your purposeful nature in this is not really driven by you. Okay. So this special destiny that you are destined to take a hold of in this lifetime is not something that you think that it is right now. And so, so cool. <laughs> right, right. And so in understanding that you do have a special destiny and it will find you, but it will not be what you imagine. Wow. Now, as you, you know, and, and, and the reason why that this is, like this is because you need to heal those wounds around fear and discover a strategy or a strategic way to assert yourself without backing down to the perception of power. And so you, you in this lifetime to a certain degree is learning how to call a motherfucker a motherfucker and do it in yeah. a way and do it in a way with a smile on your face. And I say that, and I, I say that, to learn how to do that for sure. Right. <laughs> Right. And so, right. And so, and, and because in, in that way you can be taken more seriously. And so that's what you've asked yourself to do in this lifetime is to learn how to be taken more seriously. And at the same time, understand that you are taken seriously. So there's a strategy around and looking at the bigger picture and, 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 and creating an overarching strategy in this lifetime that is going to also create a way to be free around it. Because right now, the sense is that you're a slave to this thing, a slave to the machine. And so while it's teaching you all these different kind of things and these nooks and crannies and all this kind of stuff, eventually you won't be a slave to it. And it's not really going to take hold until you get into your 30s anyways. I can promise you that. Also, what you've asked yourself to do in this lifetime is to attempt to see partners as human first with all the flaws. You know, putting lovers on a pedestal creates an illusion which will stunt your version of reality. So again, keep that in mind. And also the same thing about your enemies. You have to make sure that your enemies are here to purposefully drive some kind of feeling to the surface inside of you. You should thank them more than you thank your lovers. Because... This is where the work gets really done. And so in this lifetime, it's best to start in a particular relationship having a very grounded sense of who they are. Mm -hmm. And it won't be their fault. And the thing is, is that when you put somebody up on a pedestal, when they start acting in a human way, maybe they tell you a little white lie. You know, maybe, you know, maybe they, you know, were really frustrated and strung out and haven't slept for three days and they fucking, you know, they're like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. And like, and that, like, at that point, that like destroys you. That like creates this thing inside of you that your world is coming crashing down. So what you're learning to do is, number one, 
look him dead in the eye and say, don't you ever fucking call me that again. And number two, go get your shit together and come back to me when you're done flipping out. And you can see the difference there with this because you're learning to love the flaws too of your partners and their human form. You're learning to love the wholeness of people, not the idealistic type of way that love is being able to tell somebody the God honest truth, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it is. And if you can't do that, then is it really love? You know, the fear of loss, the fear of saying the wrong thing. And this goes back to, again, how are you not free, Emily? And this is what you're learning to do in this lifetime is to figure out how to be free by telling the truth. Also, what you've asked yourself to look like, <laughs> look like, also what you've asked yourself to do in this lifetime is to create a life that looks at the bigger picture first. And in that bigger picture, seeing all the different ways that things can go right and how they can go wrong and not being afraid of what could go wrong. Because again, in this lifetime, you're learning to deal with the shadow components, not to check out, not to have an illusionary loss of self like you had in that previous incarnation. So Emily, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just, this is very interesting. <laughs> like what? you said, I'm curious, and I'm like, it's also, I'm also curious about it because I feel so relate. I can relate to this so much already yeah yeah and that's the and and that's the gist of of what it is it's it's relatable um and it's neat you know it, it's neat being the astrologer doing this and telling karmic stories for 12 years and after every story hearing the client give the feedback that holy shit this is me yeah and uh and and, and again all that all this does for you is to help you understand contextually from a perfect stranger i don't know you from anybody nothing right. that there's a purpose for you in this lifetime you know the, honestly it is so helpful this has been like i mean i i don't know if this is like the end of it but no um, no 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 this is where we get been, to yeah yeah <laughs> it's been so helpful already like it, it motivates me to want to get you know find that purpose and like figure myself out you know and want to like get back into like meditating and just being like calm and being with creation like just being one with the world Thank you again for joining me today with Emily Ferguson and her karmic story. And, you know, she really does have a special purpose to fulfill in this lifetime. And it's interesting as she gravitates more towards her deep intuitional gifts. Is that a word? Intuitional? Uh, then a lot more of her purpose will come to the forefront. And so if you get a chance, you'll find Emily Ferguson on Instagram. Give her a follow. And, uh, and see the true essence of who she is through the lens of her eyes and the way that she articulates things in this life in a very self-deprecating way. And there's an authenticity to that. And that authenticity does come from many lifetimes of living in very humble type of mystical situations. So hope everybody had fun today. Please check out my website, bradwaynesastrology.com. And you'll see all the packages I provide. And also check out my hats. And hopefully in the future we'll have some other product out there. And that's it for today, gang. And thanks for 
Bis dann. Ja.